Hello, friends. Welcome aboard the Round Trip Stories podcast, where we share stories of moving around the world and back again, reflecting on the lessons we've learned along the way. My name is Melissa. And my name is Tracy, and we are so glad you're joining us for today's episode. Welcome back to part two of our interview with Monica Baez, an international baccalaureate psychology teacher and foodie from Ecuador who spent six years in the U.S. before returning to Ecuador. Monica's six years in California not only gave her degrees and professional training in psychology and marriage and family counseling, but they also gave her a blueprint for what a Christian family and grace-filled faith community could look like. Things didn't work out exactly as planned when she returned to Ecuador, She missed her U.S. friends, she felt more from the U.S., and her dream of being a therapist was not working. But there were other opportunities which were on the horizon. So buckle your seatbelts and make sure your tray tables and seats are in the upright positions as part two of Monica's round trip story gets ready for takeoff. We're back with Monica Baez from Quito, Ecuador. Monica, thank you for joining us. And we're so glad to have you here for part two of your story. And now talking about your repatriation to Quito, Ecuador. So go ahead and give us a little bit more backstory. Um, remind us where you lived abroad and how long you were there. Yes. So I lived in Fresno, California, and I ended up being there for just over six years. So when you were in Fresno for those six years, were you a student that whole time? And what were you studying? Yes. So my major was psychology in Quito for two years. And then I went into this exchange program that was supposed to be for a year. And so I ended up staying for my senior year um, and then graduated, worked for a year. And then I applied to a master's program, Emily in Marriage Therapy or something like that. And so I did that for three years. Oh, wow. And so that, that those were my six years. Got it. And when and why did you leave Fresno and return to Quito? So at the time, my parents had um, divorced when I while I was living in the U.S. And my mom went to live with me right around the divorce. Initially, she just went for a vacation because that was her original plan. And then she ended up deciding to to stay there and to become a student. And so for the first three years that I was in Fresno, I was, let's say, by myself, even though not exactly by myself. And then for the following three years, my mom was with me. So then when I was thinking of coming back I had a thought one time of like, maybe I should go back home. And just kind of my heart felt that in some way that would honor God. Hmm. And part of the big thing about that was just that my dad and brother were back home. And my brother was still single. And I was still single. And it just felt like this was a precious time when I could spend time with them. Hmm. Because I had already spent three years with my mom as an adult. And Mm -hmm. I could go and spend that time with them before life changed because eventually Mm -hmm. it would. And and yeah, so I went back home. Okay. And then 
Um, when you went back to Quito, what did you do at that point and where, what are you doing now? So when I came back, um, I had already talked to someone that was a counselor who had also traveled to the U.S. to study and had come back. And so I had spoken to them already about coming to work with them. So I saw myself basically as a therapist. Oh, great. Like 24-7 therapist. Mm -hmm. And um, when I came back, that did not materialize as easily as I thought. So I did come back with that purpose and that idea and, you know, trying to get appointments and such. Um, but it wasn't that easy to build mm -hmm. the practice. And so mm -hmm. sometime after, like six months after I got back here, I got a phone call from someone who suggested that I teach psychology at a high school that had just lost their psychology teacher. Oh, mm. okay. And then she said, hey, I recommended you for this job. And I was like, okay, thank you. And so I just showed up at this school and taught psychology to the seniors um, part-time, only a few hours a week. And I loved it. So I learned, <laughs> worked there for a year and a half. But that summer when I let go of that job, I was called to the high school where I went mm. um, to be a counselor. And I was a counselor for eighth grade for a year. And then the teacher who had been teaching IB Psych was pregnant with a heart pregnancy and other things had gone on. And so I was offered to take her place. And this is my 18th year at the school. I already finished 17. One as a counselor and 16 as an IB psychology teacher. So tell us a story about your initial re-entry transition uh, back to living in Ecuador. So I came back and it was hard. Um, mm. When I left, as like I said before, everything was new and colorful and gracious. And, and when I came back, um, it was difficult for me to transition. I miss my friends. I went back to the church that I had grown up in, and I had a friend there, and she was an older friend, so a little bit more like a mentor to me, who basically told me, you're like a cup that's full of stuff, and God wants to fill that cup, but it's full, and so you need to pour it out. And I think she even hmm. said, you might have to pour out like even the way you dressed and like just everything. It was very mm. interesting that she said that because she was bold and I guess she didn't fear offending me. Um, <laughs> and she said, and you're all, you're like, you're full of this stuff that you have to let go of so that God can fill it with new stuff. You know, that your the suggestion from your friend to pour out your cup reminds me of, um, there's a, there's some verses in the Bible talking about new wine bags. And that to put new wine in a bag, the bag also needs to be new. Because otherwise, if we put new wine in an old bag, it'll break. And and I and and I also thought about that when you were talking about um moving from Quito to Fresno and yes. seeing Christianity in a different way, a little bit more grace, and um seeing couples, Christian couples and 
It's like a new teaching, right? And I like so yeah. I like how you're talking about new teaching again, being back in Quito. I think I had been holding on to this beautiful dream and mm. maybe not opening myself up to what are the new things that God has for me? I mean, it didn't happen for mm -hmm. a long time. I think we had a conversation early on when I came back. And for some reason, I remember that in connection to these shoes that I brought with me. Just these cute shoes that like kind of Mary Jane kind of shoes that I had brought from the U.S. So I think I felt very kind of from the U.S., even though I wasn't from it. I just felt different. Uh -huh. And uh, I remember walking places a lot in these shoes and feeling different and I think it was just the beginning of a season where more things had to heal and so mm -hmm. in Fresno I had a I had had a long season of healing that was not easy but was very fruitful and good and then when I came back it was like a new season of healing again and building community again and and it was hard but um I met some friends so I met two of my really Uh, good friends now, Paula and Kathy. And I think when I met them and we started connecting, uh, things started to change. But now that I see back, and I've never actually thought about that until I think about it right now, I think I kind of went back to a more somber feeling. Whereas in the US, mm -hmm. I had had like this joy and happiness and summer and spending time with friends. And I think here... Again, it took time to build that community. The community I had mm -hmm. in Fresno, everyone was there because it was school community. So I was surrounded mm -hmm. by people who lived very close, the university, the church, uh, and the neighborhood where I lived were all in the same, like just walking distance. And in Quito, things were further apart. And I think my mood was just different. And mm -hmm. again, I needed more healing, which eventually happened. But all of that was really hard, especially that first uh, several months was difficult. Tell us a story about something that was helpful with that transition. Right. So I remember that talking to the same mentor friends Like some friends that I had met long ago at the church, we made plans. And so we talked about maybe meeting more often. And that was really helpful. And then when I got this job, because I came back in September, September 19th, like I know every day. Mm. So <laughs> um, by February is when I got this job. And that was very helpful and grounding, I think. And I remember being excited about it because I think part of not feeling as grounded, I guess, aside from just grieving, which is normal, uh, mm -hmm. was just the fact that I didn't have a full-time activity like I did in the U.S., mm -hmm. right? I didn't have just a right. community, but also I had school or I knew I was in a season of waiting to go back home or just for the summer right. to end, so I would go into New Year. So I think that helped a lot, just having this job that I loved and moving from place to place. And and by then I remember just feeling a lot better. Uh, mm -hmm. But it was just that initial, initial season. And also 
something that was particularly interesting, even very recently, even though it's been almost 20 years since I've been back, is that I had to correct myself in my thinking the other day. Because it's like a part of me thinks that maybe one day I'll go back to the U.S. and I'll have that same community. And it's almost Mm. like I had to say, okay, but you have a community here in Ecuador. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it counts just as much as the one that you had before. I think just circumstances that have changed because since I got married, uh, relationships happen slower when you're married, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's a whole mm-hmm. new thing. Like, first of all, my husband is definitely my best friend, even though I also have really good other really good friends. Um mm-hmm. but my time is spent with him. And I don't know, I think just like this longing for this community that I have in my head, because everybody was physically close. Um mm-hmm. and I think God was challenging me to think you have a community here and it is very special and you don't have to wait for the future or to move to realize what you have here. And so, yeah, but all that I want to say with that is just how magical what I had back there was. Mm-hmm. And I also mm-hmm. had other community like that in Ecuador. It's just that as I have moved between different churches, my community has also changed. Yeah. Some of what you're saying reminds me so much of what Eileen shared in episodes 9 and 10 because she had a similar experience, but she moved from here to Sweden and did her graduate studies over there. And then when she moved back here, she had that same kind of longing for the type of relationships and community and things that she had had in Sweden and had to realize eventually that, you know, even if she moved back to Sweden, it wouldn't be the same because her stage in life was different. It's interesting how we go, as we go through life, we go through different stages and seasons and different communities and so we can look back on certain ages of our life with this fondness and, you know, this nostalgia because we think, oh, it was so great at that point to have all these people. And we can associate it with, think that it's because of where we were, whereas maybe really it's because of the age that we were and the stage of life we were in. And even if we moved back to that place, now it wouldn't be like that again because we're not we're not 20 year olds anymore <laughs> or right and and i just have two things to say about that one uh danny was not in my life uh, back then my husband right we've mm-hmm. been married for 10 years and it would be really weird to think of me and him back in college like just even thinking about that in my head, the whole dynamic goes off because, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, but at the same time, I do want to say that the community that I found in Fresno was so special, of which you are a part of, Melissa, that I did go back one time, um, maybe 12 years ago after our breakup. Mm-hmm. And I sat at the church and I was crying. And 
uh, Christine, one of the women at the church, invited me to have lunch at her house. So, so much of my heart mm-hmm. just felt like I never left. Like, mm-hmm. um, and it's not because I didn't leave. It's just because the community really was so special. And I haven't had a visa to the U.S. for like seven years. So mm-hmm. perhaps this is you know, I'm more grounded here now and very connected to Ecuador for sure. And we've able to, tra- we've been able to travel to other places that perhaps I would have never gone to if I had a visa to the U.S. But, um, but that community is still very special. So I don't want to take away any of that. No, you're right. Yes. Thank you for, for bringing that up because while there are certain dynamics that we can sort of long for and miss and that can't be recreated as we've gotten older, but the relationships still are so meaningful and can still be experienced. You know, we can still experience the joy of the connection with the people, even if we aren't able to spend maybe the same amount of time together or something, but the richness of the relationships and the connections doesn't go away and is still real. Yeah. Yes. And I I think one thing about that is just that my mom is very friend oriented and so is my grandma. And hmm. I think I am too. Um and some people have it's not I'm not trying to brag, but some people have said you do a good job in keeping relationships and I really have tried to because it's so important to me and it's not everybody that you can connect with as much, especially with us not being able to travel to the U.S. right now for this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, like, because of social media, which I'm very glad we didn't have back then, it is still good <laughs> to connect now. So that is a, mm-hmm. definitely a plus um, mm-hmm. in keeping these relationships. So our next question is what I like to call our choose your own adventure question. So you get to, it's sort of a choose your own question question. So pick one of these questions to answer. So either what rhythms do you have in place that allow you to remember your time abroad? Or what do you do with all the feelings, memories, relationships, and love for the place or people? Or do you have a favorite funny story about your time abroad or your transition back? So which one of those do you want to answer? Okay, so I love this question, but I get to choose. I think that's really fun. <laughs> and it's some number two, and it has to do with that, okay. what I was saying. Um, I like to keep in touch with people. My rhythm was that when I could, I would go to Fresno. How many trips back have you made? Oh, goodness. I probably went back to Fresno maybe five times. Okay. That's kind of what I, I was I don't guess. know, but it it's a lot. And I was very fortunate. And I hope I can go back soon. A lot of my friends that I went to school with are no longer in Fresno. But mm-hmm. when I could, I would go back and go back to the university and the seminary and the church if I could. And I took my husband there. And Mm -hmm. so that was very special to me. And now that that is not possible, 
what I do is just keep in touch with people. I Oh, this is a, a good thing, I guess, to, to explain. I've had summer Bible studies online with people from the yeah. U.S. Yeah. And I think in the pandemic, especially when that started, that was just so meaningful. Because I feel, of course, as I have grown and changed and healed and I'm getting older as well, um, I've also seen some of those friends also heal and get older. And so yeah. even though our dynamic is not daily, it just makes my life feel whole. Mm. Because I think what I was saying before about being really serious and then finding more grace and God has really healed and integrated me into a whole being. But part of me being whole is that all the pieces I can still connect to. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't have the piece of Fresno, which has been like a home for my heart mm -hmm. for a long time, that's how I feel it. Um, I would not feel whole. I would feel like there's a part of me that isn't there. And so... Yeah, mm. kind of like a mosaic, I guess. Like, mm -hmm. it's just part of who I am. And so mm -hmm. uh, that's why I keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> like, just trying to stay in touch and to be a part of things, even at the in a distance, as much as I can. What did it feel, look like for you to feel settled again? And how long did that take? Um, it took probably at least six months when I got back. Um, like I was saying before, with the job, that was a big deal. And then I made these friends at church and went to the young adult group at church. Also, I think a dance group started at the church back then, and I had wanted to dance. That it was a great idea to dance. Yeah. I mean, you can't beat that. <laughs> yeah. Piece by piece, I think things uh, started making sense. But also, I had been fortunate to come back to Ecuador every year, at least. And so I wasn't as disconnected. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 That makes sense. It's important to stay connected to our people back home. Yes. Monica, can you tell us a final story about how your time abroad continues to add value to your life now? Sure. Um, it's really funny that I ended up, without ever thinking I would, in a very international church that has a lot of um, migration, I guess, mm -hmm. and that is small compared to the church where I grew up in. Grew up in. Uh, so again, the community I was in was very bicultural, like Ecuador and the U.S., because mm -hmm. I went to a bilingual school in Ecuador. Uh, so I had teachers from the U.S. Some of them had even lived in our home, like student teachers. But um, when I went to Fresno, they told us that Fresno was the second most diverse city in the U.S. Hmm. And so that diversity was amazing to me because at the school you had Slavic people and like refugees, Hmong refugees and Slavic refugees. So yeah. coming from Ecuador for me, like I came into this extremely diverse mm -hmm. part of the U.S. I True. know not every part of the U.S. is like right. that. And then when I came back to Ecuador, uh, I decided to 
to go to the international church because that's where I have friends from Cuba and mm -hmm. Haiti and Venezuela and Syria. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I have literally come back through our church now to a very, very diverse place. I talk to my students sometimes about these things and they're like, huh? Like, <laughs> because that's not their experience. Yeah. And even though the world is so much more globalized now and we take some of these things for granted, uh, I, my husband and I are privileged to be in a very international community right now. Mm -hmm. But that's mostly through our church. So I think I wouldn't be the person that I am if I had not uh, moved to Fresno. Like some of the things that God did there for me and in me just changed the world. I saw the changed the way I saw the world, just prepared a foundation of new things. And so I think that's more where the new wineskins were. Mm. So those were the ones that needed to change. Mm -hmm. The way that they changed, let's say that they changed in color when I moved back to Ecuador, but the new wineskins happened when I lived in Fresno and felt so much grace and understood like the freedom that Christ can give. And those really were the foundations of what my life can be now. Mm -hmm. um, so it wasn't just a beautiful, nice thing. It was just like a really really life-changing thing yeah. because it changed the way that I saw myself completely and the way I saw God and the way I saw others. So it was all of it. Hey, what's, what's one last word of encouragement or advice you can give to our listeners? I I guess I think of just being open and willing to take risks. Um, I know not all of them will end with a beautiful bow at the end. Some things are difficult and not everybody that goes abroad or comes back will have a good experience. Um, mm -hmm. But one of the things that the Ivy says is that they hope their students will be risk takers. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I think it's good to to know which risks are worth taking. Um, but mm -hmm. I think definitely opening your mind to a new way of seeing the world is for sure a risk that's worth taking. Mm -hmm. And it certainly was for me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm so glad that you took the risk and that you came to Fresno and have been part of my life since then. I think only in heaven we'll see all the connections and mar marvel. Yeah. But I feel that in Fresno, what God did was like, give me a blueprint for my life without me knowing. And I think that's why it's so special. As we land this interview, we hope that you have been inspired by Monica's stories. After a time of searching for belonging back in Ecuador, Monica was able to settle and start building from the blueprint God had started in California. She found a job teaching psychology that she loved in the International Baccalaureate program at the very school where she grew up. 
She's married now and committed to a Christian family and community in her international church. She is still dedicated to keeping in touch with her friends back in California, as she says that connecting with her pieces is part of feeling whole. Like a beautiful mosaic, those pieces are a part of who she is. No matter what leg of the journey you're on, we are so grateful you have brought us along with you. Come back next time for a Round Trip Stories Customs episode where we'll reminisce, laugh, and converse about a random topic related to customs and culture. Want to be part of future conversations? Join our email list and get the podcast equivalent of TSA PreCheck, including a sneak peek at upcoming customs topics and an invitation to share your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. See the link in the show notes to sign up. Thanks so much for listening, friends. We'll see you next time. Tracy, you're not normally moving around this much. Sorry, my computer was dying, so I had to like plug oh, it in. Okay. I was like on my knees, crawling to plug my computer in, and then coming back into the closet, shutting the door. And I was like, my computer is gonna die.